All right. Hello. Welcome to the Cosmic Eye Show. It is a beautiful Sunday. It's a hot Sunday, as uh, I'm sure you're experiencing there in L.A. now. It's hot air. It's a uh, very, yeah, a lot of hot air. Uh, much like we'll hot be air, uh, getting like, on this podcast. Much so. like we blow around on this podcast, indeed. <laughs> so we were talking a little bit earlier today about the uh, the infestation of, of grasshoppers, I guess they are. I, I looked at them and I thought they were locusts. I'm here in Vegas, and apparently this made the news in California, so... Happy uh, Grasshopper Sunday. So, and by the way, as you might have seen from, um, people will be listening to this a week later, but I still want to want to shout this out. Uh, happy birthday, Jung. It was Jung's birthday on uh, Friday, Friday, Friday night. It was the 27th, July 27th. And I think he was born in 1875. 75. Thank you. Um, so, you know, he was a, a pioneer. And we obviously draw a lot from his work on this show. And I am personally grateful to him for the work that I've done in my own transformation work and psychological uh, growth. Uh, so thank you, Jung. Um, you are listening to the Cosmic Eye Show. I am your host, Jason Napolitano, and I have on the line Mr. Chris Sheridan. What is up, my friend? Yeah, it's all good. All good on this hot, hot Sunday. It is all good, actually. We're doing really yeah. well, and I'm uh, I'm grateful to be alive. And uh, sometimes it's easy to forget uh, the small things in life, and just to be grateful that we have the chance to to meet up and do this show, uh, to talk about beautiful spiritual things and different ideas, and just share the uh, share the ageless wisdom as we try to do here every Sunday. If you can support us, please do. Uh, if you go to anchor.fm slash cosmic eye, C-O-S-M-I-C-E-Y-E, uh, you can see uh, a link there where you can support us on a monthly basis. If you have the means to do so, please do. Uh, it helps us out greatly. We, we're able to spread the show to more uh, more places and get uh, uh, get out there to, to more people and, um, you know, and share this information that we're all passionate about. If you're listening, obviously you're passionate about the ageless wisdom, esoteric knowledge, spirituality, uh, religion, mythology, Jungian psychology, etc. All the things that we talk about here on this show. So please, if you can, support it. Okay. All right. I, I don't. I don't know what happened there. I'm, what I'm thinking is maybe it was the grasshopper. So we were cut off. Grasshopper. All right. <laughs> we were cut off, perhaps by a swarm of grasshoppers. I don't know what happened, but anyway, we're back. And uh, I was thanking you all for your support and asking for any support that you could give us, if you can, uh, for the Cosmic Eye Show. Uh, do thank you. Actually, what I did not say was thank you for the supporters that are supporting us and the and the listeners who are here. We appreciate you. All right, I want to start this show, uh, which is going to be on alchemy and regeneration, transformation. Kind of a rough uh, outline. We're going to talk about the the art of alchemy, esoteric alchemy. Uh, and, and the sort of transformational process. Uh, but I wanted to start this out with uh, with a little uh, reading from uh, the Daily Word. Do you know the Daily Word, Chris? You do, right? The little, uni that the little unity? unity. Yeah, the little unity yes, magazine yes. that they do. This mm -hmm. is not the Daily Word for today. This is the Daily Word from December 2030th, uh, 2017, December 30th, 2017. Uh, but I, But I like this one. Uh, it's about uh, it's about kind of growth and expressing oneself. So I'm going to read I'm going to read through. Uh, I live and grow into my purpose by expressing my true self. An example of divine order can be seen in the gentle unfolding of a rosebud into a beautiful bloom. 
The rose naturally fulfills its purpose by sharing its beauty with the world. In the same way, divine order works through me. I turn to God life within for my hidden treasures to unfold and express. Divine life supports me in expressing the unique gifts, treasures in my heart that have been within me since birth. I let all that is true in me shine and radiate into the world just as the rosebud gives way to what is meant to be. I too give way to who I am in truth. And that's truth with a capital T. I live and grow into my purpose by expressing my true self. And why I read that is because uh, alchemy, as we're going to find out, uh, is a is a process of personal transformation. It's a process of uh, expressing, you know, your true self and becoming what you were meant to be, you know, a spiritual being. We already are a spiritual being, but it takes time to discover that and to really let that unfold. And alchemy is one of those arts that we can use to uh, to discover that and to help that unfold in a in a sort of um, how can I say this in like a sort of like almost like a, a greenhouse effect. So you're kind of putting a, like a, a like a fertilizer or something onto the natural process of growth that's already happening. Um, you know, you're sort of like, you don't want to say forcing, but you're, you're creating a situation whereby you're, you're helping transformation to occur. So like that, 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 that quote was more about the natural order of unfolding. Uh, alchemy, on the other hand, is a little bit more about adding uh, the art or the, uh, the sort of technique um, of spiritual unfoldment to to the natural unfoldment that's already incur, uh, occurring, if that makes sense. All right, so we're gonna talk a little bit about alchemy. So uh, alchemy, as you may or may not know, uh, you probably do know because of the famous book, The Alchemist, but and the different uh, kind of ideas that we see in the movies and so forth. Alchemy is a, is a, is a science of transmutation, essentially, let's just call it that. You know, and one of the, um, symbolic sort of stories that's used is the transmutation of base metals into gold. And that is one of the areas that, uh, you know, that I think people are most familiar with. And then they, you know, they, they extrapolate out that the idea that was all that the alchemists were doing. Uh, and then they say, well, alchemy is a pseudoscience that led to the origin, you know, the, the enlightened science of chemistry later in life after the, you know, after the Enlightenment. Um, and I think that's an oversimplification uh, to a large degree. So if, if, if your understanding of alchemy is that it's a bunch of lunatics trying to turn lead into gold, um, that, is one, that is one understanding of it. And there certainly were people who were doing that. And those people, most of them were charlatans and frauds. Or someone that was trying to conceal the spiritual process and the esoteric truths that they were actually trying to share uh, under the cover of that, that sort of uh, idea or that sort of story, essentially. Did, did you, did you, uh, you understood that? Uh, I mean, in, ter in terms of your understanding of alchemy, like how, how there were those different types of individuals at work that were alchemists. That well, that's a really good way to describe it because uh, yes, on the surface or exoterically, yes, they were dealing with sulfur and metals and they had beakers and retorts and laboratories and they were actually doing something. Yeah. But as a, um, as a way to almost overtly release that, it's, it's like a foil that um, when the truth is, yes, you're working on uh, personal, um, universal, yet very personal uh, 
psychological forces, spiritual forces that you're trying, the laboratory is you, you are the alchemist and you're trying to transform yourself, your base leaden desires and lower drives and refining them and transforming them into this golden, much more valuable, much more, much, much more pretty, I guess, <laughs> type of metal than, than lead. And then if you're looking at it that way, then alchemy almost becomes another mystery school. So it has a, a set of traditions and symbols and, you know, gods, so, so to speak, to pray to, although it was more the elements, uh, the elemental nature of things uh, from which they were dealing. Uh, but it's, uh, but yes, and they wanted to conceal uh, what they were really doing under the guise of, oh, yeah, we're just tinkering in the lab or we're trying sure. to make sure. gold. So it's a mystery tradition. Yeah, exactly. And and that, I think, um, you know, so there that's the interesting thing about it. And so I think a lot of times people, you know, as historians will read some of these texts and they don't understand them and they're obscure and there's all this strange symbolism. You know, much of that was a, was a blind to protect them uh, from from the you know, the persecution by the church, first of all, uh, that was a major danger at this, at this time, you know, uh, coming, you know, the, the, the original, originally alchemy, they don't really know exactly where it came from. I mean, they, they speculate on some different ideas. Um, but, you know, the alchemy that we know today, most of it, you know, comes from the Middle Ages or, or it comes from, uh, you know, two, 300 AD from Alexandria. Uh, those, most of the, the hermetic and alchemical texts come from, from that time. Uh, but, but obviously it reaches way back into the mists of, of time. Uh, there's, there's, there's evidence that possibly Chinese or Indian alchemy is older than Western alchemy or Egyptian alchemy. Uh, but the very word alchemy itself gives you kind of a hint to, uh, to at least in the West, where it probably derives from. And, and now we know the word alchemy. So al is a is a prefix which is sort of a, a Semitic, uh, ge sort of generic word for God, uh, that actually is 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 in, in 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 Arabic Allah. Of course, we're all familiar with that word, the word uh, the word for the divine uh, being in uh, in Islam, but also in uh, in uh, Judaism Elohim and uh, and and any prefix sort of L type word is it's a it's a prefix which denotes god it's sort of a generic word for god so and then chem the word chem of course which i think we talked about this in one of the other uh, podcasts as well it re refers to egypt refers to darkness or dark earth which is kind of suggesting mystery or the dark sort of um, generative earth of uh, the you know the flood plains of of egypt which was kind of the breadbasket of the uh of the of the middle east at that time ancient near east um, so, you know, there's references to Egypt, even in the word itself. And so that, you know, refers sort of the, like, if you think about alchemy, then it's the, you know, the divine, the divine sort of science of Egypt or divine, you know, or God, uh, chemistry, something like this. I mean, so in the word itself, you know, there's a, there's a sort of a hidden, a clue to the fact that it isn't just this, this chemical operation that they were trying to achieve, but they were trying to achieve, a a spiritual transformation uh, through the work that they were doing. We know today, obviously, most of us, uh, if we're interested in, in in these sorts of things, that that alchemy was brought to modern 
the modern mind and, and brought back into the modern world through the work of uh, C.G. Young, who I referenced at the beginning of the show. Um, and his interest in alchemy was, was one that was, was psychological. So he, he used alchemy. We drew actually from, and we read, we read uh, Anatomy of the Psyche to kind of prepare for this talk today, which is a, a book by Edward uh, Edinger, and it's based on Jungian alchemy. So essentially what, what, what the idea is, is, is Jung found that alchemy expressed in a symbolic language the process that he felt he experienced when he went through his, his personal transformation, that when he went down into the unconscious, you know, confronted these different parts of himself, integrated these different parts of himself, and so on. He felt that the, the alchemical symbolism perfectly described that. And he also made mention of the fact that the alchemists were the only ones who he felt uh, had the true wisdom of the Gnostics in their teachings, uh, which was interesting. And, uh, you know, Jung, in Jung's time, they, there were not as many Gnostic writings known. Uh, they hadn't... Uh, they hadn't found, uh, especially, especially when he was first early interested in, um, in alchemy, they had not found uh, the, uh, the Gnostic Gospels and so forth. So, you know, he was dealing with secondhand material about the Gnostics and collected all of that that he could. So there's a connection between the, the wisdom of the Gnostics and the Hermetic uh, wisdom and alchemy in its sort of modern forms. Um, did you want to talk a little bit about... Uh, about that, about the individuation process, psychotherapy, or, or any of those subjects in terms of alchemy? Well, sure. Yeah. Um, well, I'll start with, with um, psychotherapy, with individuation. And that's, you know, specifically is Jung's theory of becoming your true self, becoming your higher self, or the self with a capital S, mm -hmm. as opposed to, or not really opposed, but uh, differentiated from, and um, transformed from your lower self, the self that you've known, your ego self, the ego self, yeah, the who you are that you think you are, uh, but underlying that is is a you know a lot of people believe that there is a much higher self, uh, your inner wisdom, the Buddha within, the uh, Christ in you. It's you know really in a lot of a lot of traditions, and even if you don't believe in any of that stuff, you know to believe that there's a, a better part of you, <laughs> your better mm -hmm. angels, your better nature. Yeah. Um, and, and through that, you know, you kind of become something else psychologically. I, I don't like the sound of the word, but it's almost like psychological puberty in the sense that, you know, the boy has to, and the girl, you know, they have to die in a sense uh, to become an adult, mm -hmm. male or female. That part of yourself this, you know, within, yeah. Physically, you're transformed. Yeah, you're well, still, you yeah, still yeah, the same name. As well, though, yeah, I mean, your body is like, your body is literally transforming into a different form of body, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, well, you're able to um, reproduce yeah. at that point. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's the, and you can't go back, <laughs> but you also can't stop it. Sure. Um, it it's going to happen anyway. Uh, but psychologically, you know, we have to live many more years to reach this point. Sometimes at midlife is a very common area when you think, well, okay, I've lived all this time and now I feel like there's got to be something more. This can't be it or just another year going by that there's a, a whisper from within Perhaps it says, you know, I used to try this when I was younger and whatever happened to that. And then there's a, an urging, a longing for something greater, maybe more meaning. Uh, I know a lot of, uh, not personally, but <laughs> I do well, a few um, very successful people 
um, who then at later on in life, after they're done they're with the conquest and the overtake and the stock portfolio, and they want to give it back. They okay, well, here's something with more meaning. You know, I've spent my first part of my life acquiring all this, and now I want to release it, just like you would do with wisdom. Sometimes that comes in a family, like when you're a grandfather. Um, that becomes a different type of wisdom you're going to impart on the grandchildren than you would as a parent to the children. So it's a little bit different. You're in a different place. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a, tra it's a transformation and there's, there's stages of our lives in this exterior mm -hmm. world that we live in and we see them in the, in the growth, growth process. And I think what, what, what the alchemical symbolism does uh, is it, 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 it helps us to get a, a grasp on the internal stuff that's going on, those internal changes and the stages of those internal changes so that we have a language to to talk about that i think that's what what jung uh jung described and you have a visual symbol, uh, visual to, symbol to exactly. look at something and observe something that is really kind of an invisible internal mm -hmm. uh, and it's the connection that's this worldview of the alchemist is that and also with depth psychologists <laughs> is that there is a deep deep connection very strong connection between the inner and the outer worlds yeah Exactly. As above, so below, as within, so without, uh, from the hermetic tradition. Uh, and, it's, and it's that concept that uh, I believe Jung was getting at, that this, you know, the, like, why use alchemy? You know? Yeah. Uh, because, because we need something. Um, or to, like, another example would be uh, masons or Freemasons, as opposed to a stonemason, where a stonemason might actually build a building with rocks and stones and mm -hmm tools and things like that. Esoterically, um, we can the Freemasons look at it doing as, that within. Yeah. Yeah, you're building your own character. You're building your family. You're building a community. You're not just building a building. You're building all these invisible things, but they use the language of construction. Sure. <laughs> um, as a metaphor, as a symbol, as uh, an allegory for this. So uh, apparently Jung found that uh, even more so than some of these other uh, traditions that kind of do the same thing um, or work in the same way that alchemy in particular uh, really got to that. And uh, I'll finish this segment by saying that one of the also connections is this chem, this darkness. Well, that's the shadow. That's the unconscious. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the laboratory. Yeah. Of the individuation um, process and you become the alchemist. Well, not only is it the laboratory, it's also the material that one uses to fashion into the gold. It's the prima materia. Um, yes, yes, know, that, that which you start with. Yeah, you know. that shadow and, material, those rejected parts of ourselves, the, the, the crap, the dross, all of this stuff that we're trying to hide down in the shadow about ourselves that we don't accept. That's what we actually have to work on for the true regeneration or transformation, right? Yes. Definitely. So speaking of that, uh, I want to read something because uh, you were talking about the inner and the outer. I want to read something from the secret teachings. Uh, this is in the chapter, the theory and practice of alchemy from uh, Manley Hall's secret teachings of all ages. This is part one. It's on page 499 of the uh, reader's edition. That which is true in the superior is true in the inferior. If alchemy be a great spiritual fact, then it is also a great material fact. If it can take place in the universe, it can take place in man. If it can take place in man, it can take place in the plants and minerals. If one thing in the universe grows, then everything in the universe grows. If one thing can be multiplied, then all things can be multiplied. 
for the superior agrees with the inferior and the inferior agrees with the superior. So, you know, he's pointing out that that same lesson there. And, you know, alchemy as a, as a sort of a transformational process, I think, um, you know, the, the, the value of it lies in the fact that you're taking something that was sort of considered worthless, some part of yourself or some, some idea or some ideal or uh, some, some experience or, or something within, and you're, you're literally rejuvenating it, transforming it into something higher and then manifesting that in, in, in your life, you know, and I think one of the, one of the great, um, you know, symbolic representations of that is like a, like the Phoenix that rises out of the flame it right comes out of the, the ashes rising out of the flame. It's something completely new and, you know, an alchemy offers a sort of a, a, a way to do that. And it's not just in the, you know, the experiments, because most people are not obviously going to create an alchemical lab. I mean, we all have this vision in our mind. We've seen it in the movies of, of, a, of a wizard toiling away in his lab, you know, stoking, stoking the furnace. And you've got your, you know, Alembic and, you know, your boiling matter and there's, you know, bubbling going on and, and things moving around and flashes of brilliant light. And, you know, like, a, like an ancient chemist in his mystical laboratory. Um, and those are all beautiful pictures and they're interesting, um, you know, metaphors and mythologies. But I mean, really what's going on is, is that we're, we're transforming our, our lives. We're transforming our inner lives and outer lives through, through different practices. Um, and, you know, there was a real form of alchemy, obviously. They did do these experiments, but how Jung tried to explain it or sort of frame that in terms of how it might create an inner transformation was by his concept of projection. So projection is, is the idea that something that's going on within us, a certain process, a certain image, a certain complex archetype, what have you, uh, is projected out onto something else in the outer world. And that's the only way we can see it. It's, it's like the world is a mirror of the processes that are going on within us. So as the, the alchemist was working on his, his, uh, his experiment, He's projecting onto that, that, that reaction of the chemicals, things that are actually happening within himself. So, you know, we can sort of recreate that in our own lives through, uh, you know, things like visualization, meditation, artwork, um, meditation on, this, on these alchemical symbols themselves, uh, dance, movement. Uh, qigong, Chinese qigong, tai chi, all of these are ways to connect with the sort of alchemical transformation process, you know, without doing the actual, you know, chemical uh, experiments, right? You know, another way you could do it, you could imagine some of these processes, you can read about them, you know, you can go into the symbolism and actually, you know, create a lab in your mind, and, and go through an imagination, you know, an imagination sort of, you know, like a, a creative visualization or, or, or this sort of a thing, you know, doing those experiments with, uh, with some of the, you know, maybe you can imagine taking something, you don't, some part of yourself you don't like, let's call it procrastination and put it through this process of rejuvenation and regeneration in a, in a sort of mental way, uh, in a, you know, an inner spiritual way. So that, that's, that's a possibility that something someone could do. Um, Definitely. And to um, maybe give a really sp specific yeah. type of example that 
actually shares the same common language. So, uh, uh, and these are just kind of randomly selecting yeah, um, yeah. a process from, uh, you know, these stages of, of the alchemical process. Mm -hmm. um, one is distilling or distilliatio, if you want to use the, uh, the uh, classical Latin, I'll just stick to English for now, okay. um, uh, to distill something, you know, you maybe boil it down and that could be an idea. Well, you got the ideas all over now. Well, let's boil it down to its essence. That's an alchemical process, mm -hmm. and we and we even talk about that. Well, let me. Or if something um, needs to be uh, dissolved, so you have a you know a pain or a uh, psychological pain, uh, maybe that can be. If you look at say, if you look at something that's happening immediate in your life, and you mentioned something about being uh, grateful and having gratitude. Well, if you focus on one problem, then it becomes crystallized. And it becomes, it takes over your world. It can, if you obsess on it. Um, but if you want to dilute it, uh, so that's uh, another alchemical process, you know, literally kind of like pouring water into something to dissolve it, um, that maybe your, this particular problem you're so concerned with, uh, or this injustice somebody did, maybe if you look at the large view and see, oh, I'm grateful for this, grateful for these other things, you're bringing this healing water in, and then you're, uh, instead of this, it being like a rock, it's all dissolved and kind of spread out over a larger area or in a fluid like like the chemist would or alchemist. Um, then you're you're diluting it and you're you're dissolving it. it it's not a, a clog in the artery or something. It's or mm -hmm. in your psyche. Uh, so or burning something off. Well, let me let me boil this down. I'm going to burn off or separatio is a separation. It's just a very simple. Uh, concept we all do it's like well let's choose our thoughts and if I look at myself and say well, wait a minute let me separate the wheat from the chaff you know is this something I really want to be thinking about or maybe that's something that's I can use that sort of you know distinction and and say well this I need to kind of separate I don't really need that in my thing now and then you can focus on on what is important so, you know, simply put, these are, you know, parts of our everyday language, but when subjected to this, you know, more larger alchemical, um, you know, view and, uh, you know, process, you have actually more of a systematized way of doing it. It's not just randomly this, that there's, you're really focusing. And another, um, you know, common thing is, is this kind of working alone is, you know, working within and as you said about the connection between what was happening in the lab and what's happening inside, uh, that, that projection, that they are so connected. And one of the things, it's self-improving that the more insight you have into something, uh, you know, the sharper you are to have further insights. So the alchemist, by doing these operations, you know, got smarter and better by doing these things. So now they have an even better mind and way of looking or vision uh, to then, you know, go further. So it's an increasing thing. It can actually snowball and, and more makes more. More yeah. consciousness creates more consciousness. In a constructive and reflexive sort of way. That's, that's a great, uh, great description. And thank you for going through those, those different stages. That was, that was really informative. Um, it's interesting too, because I uh, was listening uh, on YouTube to Terrence McKenna and one of his talks on, uh, on alchemy. It's a hermetic one. I think I don't remember the exact title of it, but most of them he touches on uh, hermetic and alchemical ideas, uh, 
when he's not talking about psychedelics. Um, but he, it's funny because one of the, actually at one of the beginnings of one of his talks, he said, you know, I really wanted to talk about hermetic, uh, herm the hermetic uh, history. And I want to talk about alchemy because, because I'm just kind of sick of talking about psychedelics. <laughs> like, <laughs> I wish I could do a good Terrence McKenna um, impression because he has such a, a great and unique voice, but I, I cannot, I'm going to work on that. Though. I'm going to work on my Terrence McKenna <laughs> All right. and anybody who's listened to him know, knows what I'm talking about. But he was talking about how uh, how how chemistry is is a is a sort of like you know most people talk about alchemy as a as a proto science or a pseudo science that eventually turned into this pristine thing we have called chemistry. He kind of flipped that on his head and said chemistry is is the sort of material side of alchemy stripped of its spirituality and depth. And connection to God, and I thought, wow, what a what a cool way of looking at that, you know. Chemistry is, is great, and science is great, and you know, don't get me wrong. I know we talk about this a lot. Uh, you know, we 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 kind of speak out um, about science and in, in in some disparaging ways at times. I do at least, and it's not that I'm I'm down on science by any by any means. Obviously, again, we have to say, you know, it's created all this technology that we're able to share this information with, and you know, and it gives us things like, you know, glasses and contact lenses if we need those and it, you know, it repairs hearts and it, that's all fantastic. I am, I am not knocking it in any way, but when it is stripped of purpose and, and heart and, and spirit, uh, it can do some really nasty things. You know, it builds H bombs. It creates, uh, you know, chemical chemicals for, for warfare. It, um, you know, figures out how to send people to gas chambers and so on. And it, you know, it become a very effective, sort of form of mass killings and so on as well. And, and you, you know, and you can't blame scientists for that, but, you know, when we strip something of, of, of one side of things, we only look at the material side of it and we divorce it from the spiritual and the spiritual or the sort of philosophical is, should we do this? And why are we yeah. doing this? And what does it mean? Not, can we do it? And you, you know what I'm saying? And I think I think that's a language they used uh, with the Manhattan Project and developing the H bomb with Oppenheimer and was was exactly that we were spending more time figuring out how we could do this and very little time on should we or why. Yeah, exactly. And I, Manly Hall has a really nice little. It's not specifically about that, but he's giving it kind of an overview of of, of alchemy, and I, I like this very much. He says. Uh, this is on page 498, Reader's Edition. Alchemy teaches that God is in everything, that he is in one universal spirit manifesting through an infinite, an infinity of forms. God, therefore, is the spiritual seed planted in the dark earth, the material universe. By art, it is possible so to grow and expand this seed that the entire universe of substance, of substance is tinctured, thereby, and becomes like unto the seed, pure gold. In the spiritual nature of man, this is termed regeneration. In the material body of the elements, it is called transmutation. So the physical side of it is called transmutation, and the spiritual side of it is called regeneration. And I want to talk a little bit about um, regeneration and transmutation. Uh, in terms of, uh, in terms of, like, I'll just give give one example. I've been watching a lot of. Uh, a lot of uh, videos and I'm trying to, you know, I want, I'm moving towards wanting to 
to do more agricultural stuff and things like that. So I've been watching a lot of these videos on permaculture. In particular, I've been watching uh, Jeff Lawton, who's an Australian uh, that studied under Bill Molson, who was more or less the grandfather of the permaculture movement. So the, their new idea, you know, they've been talking about sustainability for so long. We talked a little bit about this uh, before the show. Um, you know, the, the sort of new paradigm, the new story that, that, that people, ecologists and um, permaculturists and anyone that's trying to live more closely to the earth, the new story is regeneration. It's interesting that they use that term regeneration a regeneration agriculture because it's not it's not a sustainable agriculture because they 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 recognize that you know we're losing biodiversity at an alarming rate we're losing topsoil at an alarming rate you know we're poisoning the earth at an alarming rate we all know this we've all heard these things i don't need to blather on and on about the you know the ails of the earth we're all familiar with this um but what's exciting is that through different types of through different types of planting, through different types of agricultural uh, implementations, an actual regeneration can occur uh, to an area to where it can come back and thrive and even surpass what it was at one point. You, know, you have a biodiversity in the area that maybe hasn't existed for, you know, for 300 years, 400 years, 500 years. Uh, through these, these, these natural planting techniques using you know, using water levels and natural rainfall and planting according to where the sun is. And like, there's a whole science to it, but it's all based on natural processes that the earth and the sun and the, you know, the weather patterns and so on are already providing. They're already providing those things. And that regenerate, re regenerative uh, type of agriculture is, a, it's a sort of alchemy is you're taking something that's a natural process, taking a natural process and you're adding you know, wisdom and philosophy and, you know, and spiritual ingenuity uh, to the process. And you're, you're sort of, again, like I said, you're almost like putting it in a greenhouse and speeding up its growth and increasing its, its uh, generative capacity and so on uh, by doing things in a correct and harmonious way and bringing the right sort of spiritual energy to the endeavor and a design plan. And we can do that in our lives as well. And what comes out is not something that's sustainable. In other words, like I'm at a level maybe where I don't, I don't particularly like how my life is going. I, I could try, I could shoot for sustainability of that. What good is that? Yeah, I live in a shitty life, let's say. I want to sustain that? No, I want a phoenix to rise out of the ashes. I want to regenerate my spirit and I want to transmute my life into something that I actually want to live. So... You know, and that's where alchemy as a story, alchemy as a, as a mythology uh, comes, in, comes into play. And it's, you know, what's, I think what's such a great, why it works and why probably Jung was so excited about it was because we live in such a material age. I think the language of science and chemistry, you know, makes so much sense to the modern mind that alchemy sort of feeds that in a spiritual way. What do you think about that idea? That's interesting. Interesting. Uh... Do you know what I mean? take on it um i'm just going to pull from this edinger book yeah please uh, one one sentence the uh, it's called the anatomy of the the psyche alchemical symbolism in psychotherapy that um, we've used as a reference for this talk but he talks about the alchemical opus that's the the great work that's the finished product yeah um was considered a process begun by nature but requiring the conscious art and effort of a human being to complete now i've heard this about art that are as in, um, you know, expressive arts, painting, 
music, whatever, is um, man's way of perfecting nature, that nature gives us something, gives us a landscape, and then then you paint a, you know, a beautiful painting or something. You're somehow using nature, but it takes a person to complete. It's, this really is a do-it-yourself uh, or do at least you have to do something. It's, it's sure. a responsibility of alchemy. It's the farmer. And you're talking about even more so with uh, the type of ag agriculture uh, you're referring to. Um, but even if it's just, you know, planting some seeds and watering them, that's what the, the gardener um, has to do. Now, can plants grow without a gardener? Sure. Look at ancient forests. You know, I, I didn't garden those. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so it can happen on its own. Um, and it does because that's what nature gives us, but really good farming that's going to feed a community that nature didn't really do that because we're coming into this world and establishing a community or a tribe or a commune or something. And we need to, you know, plant some food. So it's, it's this cultivation mm -hmm. that requires, uh, the activity of the person. Yeah. Yes. You'll probably grow psychologically anyway, and maybe some crisis will force you to, you know, want to transform. Sure. But it's a conscious effort and it's an involvement. You're working with nature. The exactly. farmer doesn't work against nature unless you're doing monocropping and uh, hitting with pesticides and things like that. And that's working against nature because there's nothing it in is. nature that that provides a motto for the monoculture way of, of growing or using pesticides. Nature does not spray out pesticides. Nature does not grow, you know, miles and miles and miles of, of GMO engineered wheat. The earth doesn't do that. And that's what, that's what that sort of regenerative, that's a great, great point what you're making there. And, you know, when you think about like, like permaculture design, you think about these, they talk about food forests, which is a really exciting concept. So what's so cool about it is once you get these things planned, they take time. They do take time and they take work. And the, but the work is in a harmonious it's, it's done in a harmonious fashion with the natural processes of the earth and the natural resources of the particular biome, the particular area that you're in. You work with that. It's, and, that and that would be analogous to saying, well, here I am in this particular time, in this particular place, with these particular skills and this particular body-mind experience, and I'm working with what I've got. Right. So then you take this area and then you, you know, you replant and you start, you start working with the natural, the natural landscape. You're introducing plants, but only plants that are that are made for that environment. You see what survives. You plant more, more of that. And, you know, there's a whole process to it. And I am no expert in this area, but I'm just I'm going in these very general ways. But the beautiful thing is then, you know, when you're pruning, you're pruning the plants back, which creates more growth. And then you're leaving those 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 leaves and clippings on the ground, which are which become fertilizer and enrich the soil. And you're building the biomass of the soil and the and the uh, and the natural microbes and so on that are in there. These are all analogous to things we're doing in our own life. So we're clipping off this part of our life and we're changing that part of our life. But those, those become, they become the compost of the transformational process. And that's really where that, that change comes from is clipping away those things and incorporating some of those things and then reusing some of those things and then completely burning off some of those things, you know, but it all is, is sort of, uh, it's fuel for that, for that, for that regeneration, that transformation that we experience within, you know, and the, it's working with the earth, but then it's also sort of speeding up the process, but in a natural way, not in a lab, not through chemistry, not, 
you know, through these really harsh means, but by using the natural processes that already exist and, and sort of amping them up with a, with a, with a plan and with a spiritual, you know, endeavor. And we can do that in our own lives. I mean, we've all done that. You know, if we're, if we're, if we're really excited about something, we're passionate about it, we've got a plan, we've got purpose, we know what we need to change, you know, we can do it. Uh, and that's, that's the beautiful thing. So that's, that's the great, the great, uh, you know, use of, of, of alchemy and understanding some of this symbolism. And obviously we're only able to touch on a little bit of the symbolism. It's very complicated. It's very abstract. You know, I, I think um, Edinger used the word luxuriant. I love, I love that, <laughs> you know, because it's contradictory. It's very artistic and creative and, you know, and, and complicated and, and, and so on. Uh, but, you know, there's pieces of it you can pick out. And Anatomy of the Psyche is such a great book because he, he does it in a, so he pulls out seven, seven steps uh, of, this, of, of this transformation and investigates. And there's, I mean, there's hundreds of steps, but these, these are the ones that he pulls out and highlights and says, okay, these are probably the most basic steps that you can look at. Um, and he starts with, um, what does he start with? Starts with calcination. Calcination. Yeah. And then goes, and that's a great place to start because it it's um, when you burn something, Mm -hmm. uh, it's like a purification, and that's usually what a lot of you know magicians um, or you know practitioners in in certain um, arts, uh, you you want to purify yourself, especially in religious ritual. That's why you put an ash. you know, burnt offerings, you, know, you put an ash on your forehead or something, mm-hmm. or there's, yeah. uh, it's this, that you've, you've burned off all the crap. Yeah, <laughs> and, exactly. And what's left, this ash is, is symbolic. Now putting ash on your forehead, it's not going to do anything, but, uh, but it does because you've embodied it and you've imbued it with um, this connection. Anyway, go on. I just wanted to jump in. There's a reason why that's the first. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, yeah, you yeah. do want to purify yourself, even in meditation. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to sure. cover myself in a bright white light. That's, that's calcination. Yeah. That's a, that's a great, that's a great example. Yeah. I mean, I just wanted to kind of lightly touch on, on, on the idea of that. And, you know, we, we may do another one of these and go, go into those steps. Um, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but but that's a great a great place to start. Of course, Manley Hall's work uh, in the Secret Teachings uh, is is a great uh, is a great resource. There's a lot of good stuff. I like like I said, I like Terence McKenna's stuff. He's got a little bit of a different take on on alchemy. You can find any of that on YouTube and so on. So it's not a great resource. Obviously, again, you want to go back to you know for the you know the root of it. You know, you go back and read the alchemical texts themselves from you know from Paracelsus and you know. Um, Basil Valentine and you know I mean there's countless uh, Raymond Lully uh, and just you know hundreds of these famous alchemists uh, but you know going back to the sort of modern source where you go to Jung of course uh, his Mysterium Conjunctionis or um, uh, Psychotherapy and Alchemy or Psychology and Alchemy excuse me um, and then there's a couple couple more I think Aeon has quite a bit of uh, alchemical stuff in it so you know, it's all, it's, it's all there. Uh, it's all there. And you can, and you can, you can look into it. We just kind of wanted to touch on some of the, you know, the big picture mm-hmm. ideas, the ideas of transformation and regeneration. Um, what, you know, why alchemy is even, is still a legitimate and important uh, mythological sort of structure uh, for today. Um, and it is a language. You need to learn some of the symbols and you need to understand some of the processes in order to be able to apply them to your own psyche or apply them to, you know, a transformative process in nature or so forth. Uh, but, but it's worth the effort. 
you know, it's really worth the effort. And, and, and one, I want to read really quickly the, the, the thing that um, this is in um, Edinger's book. It's at the very beginning, and this is from uh, uh, A.E. Waite's translation of the Hermetic uh, Museum. Oh, all ye seekers after this art, ye can reach no useful result without a patient, laborious, and solicitous soul, persever persevering courage, and continuous regimen. And then uh, Edinger says, these are requirements of ego function. Patience is basic. Courage means a willingness to face anxiety. Continuous regimen means that through all shifts of mood and mental state, one is willing to persevere in the effort to scrutinize and understand what is happening. And that's the key to everything we're talking about is this perseverance, this consciousness, this continuous regimen. It means hard work, hard work. Change does not happen without hard work, hard spiritual work, hard mental work, hard physical work. Um, you know, I think sometimes we, we spend so much time on the Internet and we see, you know, two easy steps or five easy steps. And even this book is seven steps, but it's not easy. And he makes that clear from the get go, um, you know, and it's not impossible and you don't have to bang your head against a wall and, you know, kill yourself. But we have to remember most things worth doing take effort and time and it's worth the effort and time because you bring the passion and joy into it. And then it's a, a labor of love. And that's how we've got to treat our lives, our transformative processes, our agriculture, our, our personal transformation, our psychotherapeutic work, our meditation. It has to be a labor of love. If it isn't, we're, you know, and I don't mean to be vulgar, but we're pissing up a rope. It's not going anywhere. You know what I mean? I, so, it's it that's where you know we've got to put uh the time and effort into our own transformation process we lean of course on the divine and we look to the divine and that's where all real change comes from we know this but there's an expectation i think that we're going to put in some effort and we're going to be we're going to be met more than halfway but we're going to put in that that time and effort do you have anything to add in that because with that i'm going to i'm probably going to wrap it up unless you have much more you want to to add to the alchemical discussion today? Well, if the alchemical processes, and you start getting into this, if you read any of these books we've mentioned, it can, it can be very daunting and very um, confusing because a lot of alchemists would use different symbols, even though they might be talking about the same thing. The same thing. To, yeah. Yeah, because that was, again, they really had to conceal things because of the time. We don't need to do that now. We're not going to uh, be burned at the stake. Uh, for talking about yeah. alchemy quite but, as much, but let me <laughs> maybe say academically this, though, we will. Quickly, yeah. though, let me say this. Those different symbols, the beauty of alchemy is that those different symbols and the different descriptions might uh, spark something in a different individual. So one person's yes. book might not grab you, but another person's book and description might grab you. And that's the well, beauty like, of it. Like myth. Yeah, you know, we exactly. might, Or in a movie, we might really identify with yes. the character. Um, that's telling something about us. There's some part of us. We wouldn't recognize it. I see movies and I go, I don't care about the guy. I don't care if he wins. Yeah, um, for sure. But Rocky, like, or I don't care what they're doing. Like Rocky, I don't care about boxing. Mm -hmm. or, I've, never, I've never been to Philadelphia. I've been yeah. to Pittsburgh. But, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not my home of brotherly love, you know. Sure. Um, uh, but, uh, but I was so on board with Rocky because universally he was going the distance. If he had it in himself, can he rise above i mean that's a, really it's an, that's an alchemical tale it in is. a way if you want it to is, isn't it? look at it like that it's a true transformation um, from within isn't it and it all starts with raw eggs 
and it all starts <laughs> and a love for and then and then ends up with a love for adrian yes now if that doesn't describe the yeah. alchemical process i don't know i don't know what does <laughs> indeed well thank you for joining us on our little ramble through an abstract and complex subject such as alchemy uh, you know, we gave some resources in there. I'll put those in the description of the podcast as well. And like I said, if you could please uh, support us, both uh, support our books. Uh, uh, Chris's book is uh, The Spirit in the Sky, Chris Sheridan. And uh, my book is If You Can Worry, You Can Meditate by Jason Napolitano. And both of those are available on Amazon or on our websites, chrissheridan.com or cosmiceye.org. Thank you again for joining us. We're here every Sunday talking about whatever, uh, whatever we want. Or whatever you want. So if you want to go to anchor.fm slash cosmic eye, uh, you can get in touch with us through there. And you can actually call and leave a message on there uh, and tell us if uh, there's a subject you want to hear about or give us some feedback or what have you. Um, so, you know, thank you again for listening. Thank you for supporting. Uh, have a great week. Goodbye. Thanks, Chris, uh, for thank showing you. up yet again. I appreciate your support and I'm grateful you're here. Uh, goodbye and God bless.